Hello and welcome to According to John. Today we have a question that, uh, well, Duke, I'm going to be honest with you, dude, it about divided my Wednesday night uh, Bible study. Yeah, John, you are no scaredy cat when it comes to topics. (laughs) I'm going to introduce it for you. What up with Jeffrey Dahmer? Jeffrey Dahmer, how is it that this dude 10 years later is in our face and dividing people? When you brought that up that it was going to be, we're going to tackle this, I'm thinking, dude, this is like the third or fourth time I've heard this in a week, and I haven't heard his name in 10 years, and then you told me the answer. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Yeah, I did not know that. So Netflix has, if you don't know, Netflix, and I'm not promoting Netflix, I'm just simply saying Netflix has... Stirred it up. Yeah, they've put out a documentary. I think it's like 10 episodes. I've not watched it. I'm not interested in watching it because the truth is I really don't care. But I think the enemy, I haven't watched it either, but I know how the enemy works. He takes something so audacious. Is that a word? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I thought it was. It is. (laughs) I never know. That might not even be in the dictionary. But something so horrific. And then he kind of take it to twist it to kind of make fun of Christians and that we believe that grace would be sufficient to, uh, to save to the uttermost. And so I think Satan's just using this, uh, as he obviously used Dahmer to kill a bunch of people and in a most hideous way. And then 10 years later to pull him back up to kind of make more fun of the gospel movement. Uh, and, and so anyway, it's, I'm with you, bro. Well, I'll give you everything I got. It's, it is going to be a challenge, uh, but it's one that we're always up to. And I want to, um, yeah, we're going to tackle this, right? The Dahmer dilemma, did he go to heaven? And that is what we're going to discuss today. I am your host, John Westfall. This is my co-host, Pastor Duke Herget, the Duke Meister. And first off, thank you so much for joining us on According to John. And as we work through this, um, listen, it's going to stir your soul. Uh, For some, even that claim to be Christians, it stirs their soul. For those who are not Christians, it stirs their soul. And we're going to talk about that. But first, we're going to the Lord in prayer. And so, brother, if you would pray for us, we will get started. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you for the Word of God, which explains what's wrong and how to fix it. We know the blood of Jesus Christ, your son, cleanseth from all sin. One sacrifice, once for all, uh, forever to save those who believe. And so, Heavenly Father, we're not going to draw our theology from uh, what-if circumstances. We're going to draw our, our, our faith from your word. Uh, uh, just use Johnny and I to make clear your word to be a blessing to those who seek you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. <clears throat> The Dahmer Dilemma. <laughs> so let me let me set the stage for how this actually came about. Doing a Bible study, uh, a Wednesday night study, and the uh, we're going through Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, right? And um, the Olivet Discourse. Jesus is up there, and he just keeps laying it out and laying it out bam, and laying bam, it out. Bam, bam. And he says, and you have heard an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And so if you go back 
and research it, you go back to the law, what you find out is if, if someone poked your eye out, then your eye was to be poked out. If someone cut your hand off, your hand was to be cut off. That if, would deter me from hurting people. You know, just saying. Right. Think about that. Throw that in. Whatever you did, it was to be done unto you. And sometimes what I found interesting as I studied it out, uh, the victim that, say, lost a hand, uh, he was not allowed to determine judgment, but the judge would determine the judgment, but the victim was allowed to carry it out in mm-hmm. some cases. So if, if the criminal cut off this man's hand or woman's hand, she had the right and they gave her the option or him if they wanted to cut the criminal's hand off. And if, if they opted out, then someone else did it. But it was an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, a fracture for a fracture, a life for a life. And so as we talked about that, a lady in the, the Bible study said, Pastor, you mean to tell me that Jeffrey Dahmer, uh, or, or no, she asked me, so could Jeffrey Dahmer go to heaven? And I answered the question. Oh my goodness, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Woo, I'm glad I wasn't in your shoes, Johnny. It was. That's a sincere question. It's a real question. I answered Absolutely. the question. And, and at first, she did not like the answer. Yeah. My she emotions don't not. like, my emotions don't either. Yeah. Because I want to see evil heads roll, roll all the way. And. It, it, when it's other people's sin, right? When it's my sin, I want grace and mercy, baby. Right, exactly. Right. <laughs> and if you sin, like I sin, we're going to get along just fine. Right. So when we look at sin, there's a few things that happen here. Um, number one, we as human beings, right? We determine the level of sin that's acceptable. And the reality is, it's not up to us. Yeah, and different religions have different sets of sins and what is acceptable, what is not. Right, and and we also have done a podcast and shared how, you know, how many religions are there in the world? There's two, uh, Christianity, God's way, or humanism, man's way. There is no other religion. All of man's way has many titles, but there's yeah, no other religion. Many different denominations of right. man's way. Exactly, right? And, hey, I like this, we'll add it in. So as we worked through that and we talked about it and I said, Hey, listen, if, uh, if we look at sin in its order and, and I, I forgot to bring this or tell you about this earlier, I meant to put it in and I, and I forgot to put it in my notes. So I'll just bring it up now. If we look at podcast, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give you a point just for being chase, whatever rabbit you want, John. So, uh, I'm going to look this up. Hold on. Give me one second. Because one of the things that we do when we look at uh, whose sin is acceptable and not acceptable, we, uh, let me do this because um, I have a tendency to not be able to do two things at once. Okay. So I said, hey, listen, guys, um, if if we're looking at sin, the... Uh, uh, we label sin as what's acceptable, what's not. For example, uh, if we're going to curse, it's acceptable to say the D word and the S word, but definitely not the F word, mm-hmm. right? I mean, yeah. we have these, we have, you know, it's okay to do this, but it's not okay to do that. And when I was a child, none of them were acceptable. Right. Or how about this? Never stopped me, but. Uh, <laughs> it's okay to tell a white lie, but you can't get any worse than that. And I'm thinking a lie is a lie, right? I mean, 
but we were like, no, 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 these are acceptable because I'm trying to spare someone else's feelings. And the truth is, if you tell a white lie, you're just trying to stay likable. <laughs> <laughs> Don't confront anybody with their sin. Let them stay in it. And as long as they like me, it's the bottom line. The bottom line really isn't if they like me. The bottom line is they're going to stand before God one day, right. and God places us in their path to kind of help get them ready to meet God. Well, and here's the other thing. Uh, we're going to have to stand before God too. And if we allow people to have acceptable sins or respectable sins, we'll call them right. Then we're going to be held accountable for allowing them or justifying their sin. So we can't do that. But I I thought about this for a minute and I said, Hey, listen, uh, let's look at, let's look at God and what God expects, uh, or what God hates as sin. Right. And because I know many people are like, oh, no, if you murder, like, that's the worst and you deserve to die. And the scriptures say that you do deserve to die. And as a matter of fact, that's where we get our capital punishment from. Right. The just God says, if if you take a man's life, then uh, your life should be taken. Your life should yeah. be taken. Yeah. And meaning murder, not not protecting yourself. And then someone should die in the process is straight up murder. Right. But then I looked at. Proverbs chapter six. And I thought, you know, God's not a God of chaos. God's a God of order. Mm -hmm. And if God is a God of order, then I believe that this is the order in which God hates sin. If we have an order at all. Right. We, he did say there's seven things that the Lord, Hey, yea, that are abomination unto him. And so all sin is sin. It's in that category and it's repulsive to God, but there are other sins that he, he, kind of pointed it out as abomination. Yeah, like this is this is the worst of the worst yeah. for him. Mm-hmm. And what I find interesting about the sins is in Proverbs chapter 6, starting in verse 16, says these six things the Lord hates, seven are an abomination to him. And the first one we see is pride. That's the first, a proud look. The second is a lying tongue. We don't get to the murder until third. Yeah, but this is where murder comes from. Once this stuff's already in our heart, it just, it's just like the natural flow outward. Exactly. And so that is my point. And that's what I brought out. And I was like, Hey guys, listen, if, if, uh, uh, pride is the first thing on God's list and then a lying tongue is the second and then murder is the third and then a heart that devises wicked plans and then feet or, uh, feet that are swift to running the evil and then a false witness who speaks lies and then one who sows discord among the brethren, it literally starts in the world and ends up in the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's a progression. Yeah. The nature of sin. Exactly. Leaven leavens it all. Yeah. So if you have an issue with pride, God hates that worse than he hates murder. If we're going to look at it in order. And if we deal with the pride and, and get it, get it right and be humble before God, then all this other, excuse me, crap's not going to emerge. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting. I didn't know where you were going with this. And with my cataracts on my eyes, I couldn't see the screen. <laughs> <laughs> and I went to the same verse that you did. And I have this, I have the, you guys can't see the screen, but I have it like really big. To where you gotta, you know, it's like. Well, I actually can see it. I just wasn't paying attention because I got so excited with my own thoughts, right. and I shared my thoughts. It turned out to be the same thoughts you had. That's really scary that we complete each other's sentences. Now that's yeah. pray for us. But just so you know, I have four words per line. <laughs> I can see them too. You can see. Try to add that fifth. It gets a little blurry. Oh my goodness. Cataracts are coming yeah. off in uh, November. So nice. Yeah, because when we read, you gotta, you got. You got to 
turn your you got to roll your whole head because it's so big. <laughs> All right. Um any rate. So that being said, let's get into this and discuss Dahmer because uh, Review his case for us, John. Yeah. It's been 10 years, and I didn't watch Netflix. So right? he, he did his homework. Okay, this so Roy Ratcliffe, uh, he's the pastor who uh, baptized Jeffrey Dahmer. And, you know, and of course, this was after Dahmer was convicted of 15 murders, and he's sentenced to many lifetimes in prison. After this, when, when Dahmer goes into prison, Ratcliffe begins visiting him and sharing the gospel. Which, man, listen, hats off to Ratcliffe. Yeah, I've done 40 years of jail ministry and loved every minute of it. Right, kudos to him for saying this guy needs Jesus just like everyone else. So according to Ratcliffe, uh, Dahmer struggled to grasp the depths of God's grace. And I I think even today, those who get angry because Dahmer had an opportunity to go to heaven, um, I think they fail to grasp God's grace. Yeah. So they're struggling with the same thing Dahmer struggled with. It's kind of, it's almost, it's kind of interesting. It, it is. It's very, uh, for yeah. someone who committed such atroc- uh, uh, atrocious acts, um, maybe you need to mention that because we have a whole generation of people who don't know what, how atrocious those were. Oh yeah. Well, so here's the thing. Dahmer, uh, hunted down young gay men, mostly black, mostly black, killed them, cut them up into pieces, put the pieces in free in the freezer and used them for dinner he uh, ate them. afterwards. Cannibalized them. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh pretty, uh, pretty awful. Yeah, dude. I, I don't know that it really gets much worse. I don't even want to think about being worse than that. I, yeah. But uh, for the younger generation, that's, we hate to talk this way, but this is this is the fact. That's why it's so emotional when it comes back up. And what he did was so awful. And at the human level, at the emotional level, it, I don't think it can even be more repulsive. Right. So we just want justice for people like that. Well, and that is why I think people fail to see God's grace because we want justice and usually justice is always harsher for someone else than what it is for us. Yeah. We go light on me and bust everybody else up. Yeah. But, but we're not willing to extend the grace. Well, in 1994, um, an interview with stone Phillips, Dahmer said this, and I quote, I have accepted Jesus as my Lord and savior. Though, uh, though we don't know, of course, that's, that was his, um, his words. I went and listened to the, um, I actually pulled up the interview on YouTube and he was very explicit about who Jesus is, that Jesus died on his cro- on the cross, that he believed in Jesus as Lord and savior, that there is no other way to heaven. And he also said, I'm guilty of my crimes, right? I mean, he accepted responsibility for what he's done. When you take all of that in as we're going to find out through scripture um dude you got to land on he went to heaven we have to get our theology from the word of god and nowhere else right our emotions would uh kind of want him in hell uh for some some would yeah uh me personally and and this is gonna this is gonna enrage people uh some people um listen i I hate what he did. And I think what he did was horrific, but I'm glad that he sought Christ 
Yeah, me and, too. And more than anything, I'm glad that Christ extends grace to everyone who calls mm-hmm. out. Because if he's not going to save Dahmer, nobody else has hope either. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's just be honest, right? And so, I, look, I don't know Dahmer's uh, sincerity in receiving Christ as a Savior, but I'm going to tell you this. If he was sincere, did he go to heaven? Yes. According to the scriptures, whosoever, and there's no exclusions right. there, right. whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Absolutely. And so, uh, absolute whosoever, and we're going to look, we're going to actually look at that verse here in a little bit, but one of the things that I want to look at is there's three examples in scripture that I want to look at. Because I think the best thing to do is we take scripture to explain scripture, right? He's going to take you to uh, New Testament and back to the Old Testament and back to the New Testament. Yeah. Two names you're going to know really well. And one name, unless you're, you know, really been in the Bible for a while, you won't know uh, King Manasseh too well, but Bible students know him. So it's a, it's a great way to look old Testament, new Testament, old Testament, look back yeah. and forth. And, and it's it, the same message all the, it, both ways. That's, that's the beauty of it. It never changes. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're going to look at the first example we're going to look at are the robbers who were crucified. Now this is debatable. So don't let me, don't make it sound like I'm just planting this as absolute firm, but, um, uh, it's something to think about. Would okay. you say these examples, I know they are, but they're examples of the most hideous, heinous crimes against humanity in their day. Yes, absolutely. And so this Dahmer dilemma has surfaced throughout history. It's yeah. not the first time. It's really not. And and this is only three of many yeah, examples yeah. through but, scripture. But this, it's, a, it's the same message. Right. So, so we're going to look at the uh, two thieves on the cross. And I know we said thieves and we're talking about murderers, but here's what I find interesting. And I'm not saying that, that they were murderers, but what I am saying is that if you look at Barabbas, the thief and murderer, and the word thief there literally means it was that he was a, a violent, um, oppressor of people. And he would more than likely the word, the word thief indicates or robber here indicates that um, that not only would he uh, rape and pillage, but he would murder as well. Like this is a, a cruel person who went to any length to get what they wanted. And the penitent thief took the law and his own life, put, put his life on top of the law and confessed, I am guilty and I deserve to die. Now there was no death penalty for uh, robbery but there is a death penalty for murder. Right. And he said, so we have to kind of read between the lines, but he said, I deserve to die. So right. I think he acknowledged the law as, uh, I think he confessed murder. I, I think he yeah. confessed it there. It's a huge possibility that that's what it means because the Old Testament, you know, we talked about eye for an eye and a tooth for a yeah. tooth. And here he's like, he looks at the other guy and he's like, we deserve to die. Now, uh, could they have crucified someone on the cross for thievery? Yes, but it's usually because it was added in to heinous depths of thievery, meaning that they, not only did they steal objects, but they stole someone's life as well. Mm -hmm. So that's why we think it goes toward that. But then when he says, like you said, 
we deserve this. And so they understood the, the law meant that you killed someone, your life is taken as well. So he had no problem accepting responsibility for what he's done. He's not on the cross saying, this is not fair. This is not right. fair. No, he was saying, this is fair. Yeah, this is fair, which meant he understood the law, a life for a life. But what's he going to find out? Grace, grace upon is greater grace. Yeah. than all his sin. Well, and here's the other thing. In Matthew 27, 44, because I, I find this really interesting. In Matthew 27, 44, it says, even the robbers who were crucified with him reviled him with the same thing. And so at first, this thief on the cross was talking smack with the other thief. I like the way you worded that at first. At first. And uh, they probably had no clue who this Jesus of Nazareth, this, this next guy on the middle cross, who even was at, at first. first. You know, they just thought three of us are going down, and, and then all of a sudden this guy in the middle, uh-oh, <laughs> he's not one of us. Who is this guy in the middle? So p p take it from there, John. Now think about this just for a second. It says here in Luke 23, 42 through 43, then he said to Jesus, he being one of the thieves, uh, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, assuredly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. Now, if he was a murderer, which would seem to fit the crime and the fact that he said, we deserve this, he understood the law, uh, a life for a life, right? Mm -hmm. If you kill someone, then you shall be killed. Not only that, but Barabbas was going to be killed with the other two, which meant they were all probably going to die for the same things. Okay. We also understand that the scriptures say no one can come unto Jesus except for the Father draws him. How does the Father draw him? Great point, John. With, through point the, for that, dude. Thank you. Uh, that's, that's awesome. But no one comes to the Father except, uh, no one comes unto Jesus except for the Father draws him. And then we see that God uses the Holy Spirit to enlighten us. And then we either yay or nay the Holy Spirit, right? So right to the very end of this guy's life, the Holy Spirit is drawing him to Jesus. He starts out, you know, sort of mocking whoever this guy is. Then he begins to find out who this guy really is. And that can only happen by what? The Father drawing, drawing him, him through the Holy Spirit. That sounds like amazing grace, John. I know, dude. I got, wow. look at the goosebumps. Wow. All right, so here's the thing. I never connected those dots, but it's what? the same how you and I came to Christ. The Father drew us. Yeah. He knocked under our heart. We opened. What's happening on the cross? Exactly the same thing. Yeah. And so what we find is he is drawn by the Father to the Son, and then he repents. He's already repented. We deserve this. Like we deserve death and hell. And, or we you know we deserve to die. And then he repents and he comes unto Christ by saying, Jesus. So Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus says, assuredly you will be with me in paradise. Well, if he was a murderer and I say if, because we can't nail that one down, but the fact that looking at all the scriptures and the law, and he accepts responsibility for his actions by saying we deserve to die. Well, if you take a death, then you rightfully deserve to die. I, the only way he can come to Jesus is if the father draws him and he uses the Holy spirit. I'm going to say 
that the thief on the cross quite possibly was a murderer and yet the father still reached out to him. That being said, Judas Iscariot did exact opposite. Wow. Another point, John. God drew him. Good stuff. And he denied Wow, Jesus. How about superimposing today's question into that moment? What if Jeffrey Dahmer was on the cross next to Jesus and said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom, nine prayer, nine word prayer. And if it was from his heart, we would all celebrate it like we do the thief on the cross. I think, I think there's the Bible answer, right? You because we, points. we would, we would celebrate that and, and we wouldn't have a problem with it because it's in scripture. But now when we have a real name and a real face on these atrocities, yeah. we, we don't want to extend the same grace. I, I, um, Come on, don't, we should desire for all men to go to heaven and none to go to hell because the truth is we're all guilty of, of a sin deserving of death and hell. And that's, that's what I said in the, uh, in the Bible study. I said, hey, listen, uh, I, I pointed out an uh, elderly lady, uh, an older lady, not elderly, an older lady in, Careful, in there. I know that's <laughs> why I corrected it because <laughs> she listens. And I said, hey, if... Uh, have you ever killed anyone? And she said, uh, no. And I went, but if you didn't ask Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, where would you go? And she goes to hell. I go, is it any different than the place that Jeffrey Dahmer's going? The penalty is the same. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we don't even want to look at that, but the penalty is the same as, as hell, right? Death and hell. It's interesting. In hell, there are different degrees of punishment, mm-hmm. and the degrees of punishment aren't the hideousness of their sin, it's their rejection of the gospel. Where Jesus was ministering, he said, man, if this message would have been preached in Tyre and Sidon, which they viewed as the most horrific places on the world, they would have long ago repented. So, you know, God is very serious about the extension of his grace. When he gives grace and he knocks on somebody's heart's door like he did Judas, and they say, no, that's serious. Right. That is more serious than the than a thief. Yeah. Because God's trying to reach out to, to extend forgiveness. Well, it's the and we only, it. and that's the other thing I think we fail to realize, the only unforgivable sin that the scriptures say the only unforgivable sin is blaspheming the holy spirit which is rejection of jesus as savior he knocks on the door of our heart and we say i'm keeping it closed Mm -hmm. i don't trust him that's the only i'm going to trust me i'm going to be so good god's going to owe it to me when i get to heaven (laughs) right he's going to owe it to me yeah and they they're not kind of aware of the holiness right. of God and they're in big trouble. Well, and this, again, the scriptures say that is the only unforgivable sin. That's the only unforgivable sin is rejecting or blaspheming the Holy Spirit, which is rejecting Christ. If that's the truth and it's the gospel, so it has to be the truth, then Dahmer has every right to go to heaven as you and I. I just think of the other thief on the cross. He heard what Jesus said to his buddy over there. No, no today you today you be, be with me, me in paradise. In paradise, and it, you know, kind of think, well, what what's he going to do with that? So I, I think he yeah. rejected Christ absolutely all the way to the end. But all the, the way, one one believed. In all God these was stupid promised. people believing in fairy tales. <laughs> Look, if this man if this man was truly the Christ, he would take himself down from the cross. Oh, and me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's what we want listen we want deliverance but we don't want jesus yeah me and johnny are glad he didn't come down amen amen you ever hear that old song 
he didn't come down. Oh no, 10,000 angels were left standing around. He could have called them to set him free, but he died on the cross for you and for me. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. Well, and now what do you do too with someone's, uh, theology when we're here, we have the guy on the cross who Jesus is going to take to heaven. He has not been able to do any good works. He has not been able to get baptized. He He's not, I like this. Let me throw it in. It's an old dukeism. He didn't get baptized, catechized, simonized, or homogenized. <laughs> That's right. But he went to heaven. He went to heaven. What do, we, what do we do with that theology, uh, except for we have to believe by grace alone you're saved and you go to heaven? And so if you believe in anything else, man, you've missed it. Yeah. We have one, one sacrifice once for all to save forever all who believe. That's the bottom line. Right. And we don't get our theology from circumstantial um, situations. We don't, uh, I mean, just listen to what Jesus did with the thief on the cross. It was pretty clear, wasn't it? It was real clear. And it was right at the very end. He didn't have time for religion, religious activity. He had time for one thing, repentance. He that believeth is not Does condemned. It? But he that believeth not, the other the other uh, thief, condemned, condemned already. already. Yeah, and then. So, so you're saying scripture fits with other scripture? I'm saying scripture fits with scripture. Exactly. And the only thing that makes scripture hard to believe is our defiance. Yeah. Just let God say, I mean, God, you don't have to let, God said it. Right. <laughs> just believe it. Right. Know? Why do we wrestle with it? Our human nature, we just want to judge God. Right. And God's mercy is deep, but his His justice is perfect, but his grace is deep. And that's that's a great God. Praise I, Jesus. I want to worship him. Like that, I want right? to praise him. So Romans ten thirteen, which you quoted earlier, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That word whoever means anyone. It doesn't say for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved if they're never murdered. Does it give a list of exceptions? No, there's no list. of. It's, there's a period at the end of it, which meant it's whoever. So God says what he means and means what he says, huh? Yeah. Hebrews 7.25. Therefore, he is able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through Jesus, since he always lives to make intercession for them. So, excuse me. The, uh, he's able to save those who come to God through Jesus. What did Dahmer do or claim through Jesus? He, I heard the interview way back when, so it isn't recent, but I heard it. It was kind of repulsive to me, but I'm a jail ministry guy and I really, really respected Ratcliffe for going in. And then I'm thinking, boy, what would I say to Dahmer? And I think this guy was led by the Holy spirit and gave the word of God clearly and I, I analyzed every word in Dahmer's confession and his testimony, and it was spot on biblically, yeah. as I've preached for 50 years. And it was remorse. He accepted full responsibility for his sin. I deserve to die, but grace was greater, and I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so we have a New Testament example, the thief on the cross who was totally guilty, acknowledged his sin, just like Dahmer did. We deserve to die, just like Dahmer said, but he called on the Lord which Dahmer did. Yeah. And Jesus said, today you'd be with me in paradise. Done. And so we have a new Testament example. And now you're going to take us to the old Testament. There we go. You were a little slow on that. King, <laughs> King Manasseh, right? We go to the old Testament. We're looking at King Manasseh. Uh, listen, Oh, he was more heinous than Dahmer. Yes. Yes, he was because he burned his children alive. He worshiped Baal, and Baal was a required human sacrifice. And not just uh, 
not just uh, homosexual black men, babies. Yes. Babies. In, the most innocent of, of, of all people. Uh, uh, the blood of, of, of probably thousands of babies is on this dude's hands. Yeah, and and this guy's like Dahmer on steroids. <laughs> well, and here's the thing: uh, it was his children, his own children. I mean, I mean, killing any child is heinous, but he he killed his own children. All right, here we go. Second Chronicles thirty three ten. Because apparently I messed up in my notes, but it says, "And the Lord spoke to Manasseh and his people, but they would not listen." Therefore, the Lord brought upon them the captains of the army of the king of Syria, who took Manasseh with hooks, bound him with bronze fetters, and carried him off to Babylon. Uh, then it goes on. Now, when he was in affliction, he implored the Lord his God and humbled himself greatly before the God of fathers and prayed to him. Prayed to God, right? He repented. After all he did, here he comes, and he repents because what we find is that Literally, he burns his children to, uh, or sacrifices his children to be burned alive. He builds an altar to the Baals and the witches, right? Then he is being uh, greatly punished, and he can't take it anymore. And so when, uh, now when he was in affliction, uh, he being Manasseh, implored the Lord his God and humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers humbled himself so he took out the pride which is the first thing and if the pride goes typically everything else will disappear with when it when pride goes grace comes absolutely so it says here in 13 and prayed to him god and he received his entreaty heard his supplication and brought him back to jerusalem into his kingdom then manasseh knew that the lord was God. The dude repented. He acknowledged, I, I love this definition of the word repent. He got on God's side of things against himself. Yep. And I wish there was two or three more verses to explain if it, the Lord just left it there, but he's restored that something happened. The King of Assyria, let him go. Yeah. He returns to Jerusalem, tears down all those fake well, altars. Verse 15, he took away the foreign gods from and the idol from the house of the Lord and all the altars that he had built in the mount of the house of the Lord and in Jerusalem, and he cast them out of the city. He also repaired the altar of the Lord, sacrificed peace offerings and thank offerings on it, and commanded Judah to serve the Lord God of Israel. Total repentance. Yeah, totally broken. Completely broken, sees his wrong, fixes his wrong that he could fix surrenders all to God. If, if listen, and God restored him. Yeah. His daddy was Josiah. Josiah, if I'm not mistaken, he was one of the great Kings of right. Israel. So this kid was brought, brought up right to completely went wayward. I mean, right. to the absolute bottom. And yet grace was waiting for him. Yeah. He humbled himself. He was broken, and he came back and followed through with repentance. Dahmer never had an opportunity to follow through. He didn't deserve it. The thief never had opportunity to come down from the cross. He deserved he did. his yeah. death. Yeah. And, but, but God's grace was deeper than all Manasseh's sin. Right. And just think if you were a parent who had a baby that you didn't believe in Baal, but you were forced to offer your child on that altar so you would be politically accepted in Jerusalem. Oh my goodness. You know, you think about how much we would hate Dahmer for what, how much I hate Dahmer for doing what he did. But man, if, if they, if King, this King took my baby and put her on an altar that I don't believe on and took my child's life, mm -hmm. 
you talk about despicable. So these are these are huge these are horrific. examples. Horrific bottom on the bottom yeah. of, of yeah. filth of sin. Yeah. And yet God, uh, God's grace. Yeah. He's he's what we still. he's what we call gutter scum. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of anything worse. Gutter scum, right? And so when we look at this, but what did we see? The the murderer, the thief on the cross, which I believe is a murderer, God forgives. Because what did he do? He cried out to Jesus. Here we see Manasseh. God forgives. Why? He cries out to God. Here we see our third example. Uh, and by the way, Manasseh was a murderer, not only of others' children, but his children. I mean, oh my, burn them alive, yeah, man. That's, it's, not, it's not quick, clean kill. Oh my goodness, right? And then here we have... And the, it was done in public. Yeah. A public spectacle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he had the power and he exercised he it did. in evil or for evil. And yet God forgave him. And now we have the third example. And, you know, I think people forget this, man. Uh, Paul right? Who was Saul, who he, yeah. And what did he do? Um, he in, in acts nine, one, it says this, then Saul, cause remember Saul gets saved and his name is Paul. God changed his name to Paul. But here in nine, one, before he saved, uh, before he gives his life to Christ, it says, then Saul still breathing threats and murder, against the disciples of the Lord went to the high priest, breathing threats and murder. The first martyr of the church was Stephen, and whose hands is the blood of Stephen on? Paul. Because Paul was the one who had the legal authority to allow that uh, stoning to take place. Not only did he allow it, he held the coat. And, and it just got, it just launched him into oh. further, says he wreaked havoc upon the church. Yeah. And the word murder is here. He was there for Stephen's murder and it's multiplied. This guy is bloodthirsty. He despises the church of Jesus Christ. He's got a, 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 ro, a, a Jewish defense thing going on. Uh, thinking he's uh, probably thinking he's representing God. Well, he God, is because God. he even said he was zealous for God before he was saved and he's zealous for God. Now the difference was he was zealous for the wrong God yeah, and prior. It, yeah. Yeah. So here we are at the very bottom. If you were, a, a, if you were a member of that early church, got baptized on the day of Pentecost and you were celebrating Jesus is the Messiah. He came, he's here. He shed his blood for me. I have eternal life by believing And they're learning that, you know, Judaism is sort of over. It's not that it's over. It's that it was fulfilled. It was fulfilled. And now Christ is the end of the law for righteous to believe. And then all of a sudden the Jewish fanatics rise up and their ringleader is Paul. And all of a sudden, if you get caught going to Bible study, John and I get caught podcasting the things that we talk about, <laughs> there's a death sentence on us. And the guy's coming after us by name is Saul of Tarsus. Right. So he is public enemy number one of the church of Jesus. And yet grace is going to change everything. Everything. Here's what. We have, we have Paul's testimony, much like we have Dahmer's testimony. We believe Paul's testimony, but we don't believe Dahmer's testimony. Yeah. Now, that being said, it's kind of justified because Paul was able to commit his life to Christ, and then he lived it out for proof. Dahmer didn't have the option to live it out for proof. Mm -hmm. But we can't negate his confession of Jesus Christ because we didn't know his heart, but God knows his heart. And so if it was genuine, like it was Paul, 
Dahmer went to heaven. If it wasn't genuine, then Dahmer didn't go to heaven. And it, I mean, it, that settles it. We don't know that, but it's not our call. It's not our call. But what we do know is he had the option, but Paul here, he, listen, Paul understood what a nasty guy he was. And in first Timothy uh, one, 12 through 15, he says this, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance, or I'm sorry, let me go in 12. My apologies. And I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Although, and now he goes into his testimony. So he, he did this over and over again. He was always pained by his own he darkness, was. his own deeds. He go did. Ahead. He had a hard time. He brought it up many times in yeah. humility. He did. I'm the chiefest of sinners. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm so so ahead. here he says, uh, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Who put him into the ministry? Jesus Christ. Look here in verse 13. Although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent man, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. All right, so here Paul says that he murdered and persecuted and he did all these horrific things because he did it in ignorance, meaning that, you know, he... He's he, blinded by the devil. He, he believeth not. He's, he's blinded by the yeah, devil. Yeah, and what's the difference between Dahmer murdering people in ignorance of thinking what he was doing was the right thing? Yeah, yeah, he he had a vendetta in America. Against, he had a vendetta. The only difference to him and Paul is Paul didn't eat his victims. Yeah, right. <laughs> but the, <laughs> but the, the, not it's not funny, but it, it's a fact. But the thing is, um, the, the 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 crime was death. What happens after death is just guttural filth. Right. But the sin has already happened. The right. death is already there, and, and so. You know, it's interesting, Dahmer himself, I'm going to back, I think we kind of mentioned this before, but when he was presented with the gospel, right. his own sin was before him, and he's thinking, there's no way, no way what I've done, there's no way I can be forgiven. Right. But he was wrong. He was wrong. And, and Paul goes on, he says, although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an insolent man, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love, which are in Christ Jesus. And then verse 15 says, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. The Holy Spirit called him chief of sinners. It wasn't just Paul. Right. The Holy Spirit wrote this. Yeah. And here's the thing. In verse 16, he says, however, for this reason, I obtained mercy that in me, first Jesus Christ might show all long suffering as a pattern to those who are going to believe on him for everlasting life. The wickedest king in Israel or Judah, the 19 kings of the north, the wickedest of them all. God saved. Absolutely. Isn't that amazing? And God saves Saul, who was horrific, killing the church, the children of God. And then, so we, we look at, here we looked at the thief on the cross, we looked at Manasseh, and now we looked at Paul. And then here's the question we have yeah. to ask. Is it fair that they got to go to heaven? Do I get to answer that? Go ahead. 
It's not fair. <laughs> right. It's not fair. But you see, if, if it's if it's fairness that rules the universe, right. we all go to hell. Right. So there's something greater happening behind the scenes than fairness. So here's the thing. If God were fair, no one would go to heaven like you just said. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators having sex outside of marriage, nor idolaters, uh, sports is your God and not God is your God, nor adulterers having affairs, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. So we're like, oh my goodness, then who can go to heaven? And then Paul says this which distinguishes the difference in everything. And such were some of you. Yeah, right there, that guy. Right? That guy there. Absolutely. And so, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Listen, all is going to hell that do that unless you are justified, washed, justified, and sanctified. And if Dahmer was washed, justified, and sanctified because he gave his life to Jesus Christ. He's in. He's in. Just like Paul, just like King Manasseh, and just like the thief on the cross. Mm-hmm. You know, a thought that comes to my mind, we, we look at Dahmer and just the, the most pathetic, horrible thing that we ever heard of in our lifetime. Really? Then I look at some of these people behind the scenes and crimes against humanity. I, I personally believe that... Uh, the blood of millions of people is going to be on the hands of Dr. Anthony Fauci. Oh my goodness! For uh, vaccines that were untested, unproven, and now it's proven that they don't work. And number two, they didn't stop the spread. And number three, now now millions of people are dying. Right. Uh, and I think their result. And I, man, I hope I'm wrong on this, but I, you know what? I, I kind of know that yeah, I'm right. So- I'm watching the thing, and so we look at Dahmer. And say how hideous, and, and which is true. Right. But then we see people who are doing crimes against humanity in mass on every a, level, and man gives them a pass. Right, right. Uh, God's justice will take over one day. Okay, and you just said it. See, that's that's the thing, guys. You know, man usually always wants to punish someone worse than what we would accept punishment for the same crime, mm-hmm. but God extends grace to all humanity and he extends death and hell to all humanity whether you are prideful a liar or a murderer is immaterial to god you're gonna it's all sin and and what i think what we need to do is we have to realize that because of god's grace we have opportunity Isaiah says over and over again, he names the horrible things that are going on. It says, but God's hand is outstretched still. still. And so to our audience, aren't you glad Jesus loves you? Let's keep our eyes off Dahmer, our eyes Amen. off of everything, eyes on Jesus, and just love him fervently and love others fervently. We don't have to worry about all this junk. God's got it. Amen. Hey, guys. I hope that this podcast has helped you and brought some understanding and some enlightenment to what the scriptures actually say about murderers and everybody else and how we have opportunity to go to heaven. And I pray one day 
that you uh, find it in your heart to believe unto Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and forgive everybody who's ever done any wrong. Amen. Uh, until next time, God bless. <laughs>